I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. They start out of silence. If you close your eyes, listen. Just listen. the bell came out of nothing, floated off, 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 and then stopped being a sonic echo and became a memory, which is another kind of echo, awake. It's very simple. It all begins now. Welcome back to Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my friend, Miss Jill Miller, on the show for the second time. Uh, Jill is a certified fitness body movement self-care badass. She is the writer of the best-selling book, The Role Model. Uh, she is the founder of Yoga Tune-Up, which has hundreds, probably thousands at this point, of practitioners all around the world. Uh, she's been featured in most fitness movement health-related magazines that you can shake a stick at and uh, a real pleasure to get to sit down and talk with. I actually went out to her home here in Los Angeles area for uh, this interview and got to record in her in her uh, movement studio. It was really, really a pleasure to get to go out there and spend some time. Um, in this conversation, we get into uh, self-care practices, we get into how our emotions affect our tissue and our body, um, get into uh, tactics to reduce stress stress, uh, so many different things, really good and really just a fun conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy. And these emotional landmines can be uh, very unpleasant to experience and throw you way off course and then you, you, you'll spiral into this other thing. But if you keep coming back to that that mindset or that sankalpa, that hostess of the process, then you can parent yourself better through those moments and that's where the integration happens. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you will find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. And uh, you can get yourself 10% off on any Four Sigmatic mushroom product. And anybody leaving reviews on iTunes, um, if we read your review from uh, from the iTunes iTunes guy, um, we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic mushrooms. So what the heck are Four Sigmatic mushrooms? Um, they are a really, really rad, innovative company where they integrate blends of various different medicinal mushrooms from cordyceps to maitake to lion's mane to reishi to all the all the good ones into tea and coffee blends they also sell them um, by themselves as well so really excellent product see tim ferris sean stevenson all sorts of great people are getting down on that stuff and you get yourself 10 percent off at foursigmatic.com slash align f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c.com slash align a-l-i-g-n um <clears throat> i got a quote coming out of this is from the book zero to one by peter teal 
and uh, talks about what the heck this concept of zero to one is in the first place. So um, when we think about the future, we hope for a future of progress. That progress can take one of two forms. Horizontal or extensive progress means copying things that work, going from one to n. Horizontal progress is easy to imagine because we already know what it looks like. Vertical or intensive progress means doing new things, going from zero to one. Vertical, pro vertical progress is harder to imagine because it requires doing something nobody else has ever done before. Um, it's pretty cool. I think oftentimes we limit ourselves and put ourselves inside of a box of what has already been done. And you see this throughout any type of like records being breaking, broken and things of that nature. As soon as someone breaks the record, all of a sudden everyone starts breaking it behind them because they see that it's, it can be done. It is pretty fascinating to start to change one's mind to the point of maybe you can just kind of, instead of thinking about even breaking records, maybe just start a new sport. I think that's a, that's a, that's a fun place to be at. Um, thanks so much for using the Amazon affiliate link. That is huge, super helpful. Uh, just jump onto the right-hand sidebar of the blog or podcast page and click on the Amazon link there and then uh, bookmark that anytime you or your family makes purchases. It takes about 7% out of the Amazon piggy bank and puts it into the Align Podcast Foundation. And super, super helpful. This podcast is being recorded on some new fancy recording gear purchased from that that piggy bank, from the affiliate link. So uh, yeah, thanks so much for doing that. Someone just bought like, a dog cage thing for 130 bucks. We got like 10 bucks off that. That's a $10 donation, really appreciate it. And be sure to check out the show notes page on the aligntherapy.com slash podcast. Um, they we get all any kind of books mentioned any type of websites anything that is mentionable or searchable in the internet uh, you can find that there and then uh, last thing if you have any interest in checking out various different videos of uh, movement practices self-care techniques things to make your body better and just general weirdness um, you can jump onto the Align podcast Instagram page as well and uh, get new content on there daily so all right here we go thanks so much for tuning in back to the show with miss jill miller align podcast that's right i've written a book wait i am an author wait mm -hmm. a minute i can write a column what am i talking you're about you're legit i am see yeah. i forget about <laughs> that every day i'm legit well you know <laughs> it's just one of those things like new projects i'm such a creatrix that i always start from one or zero i always start from zero and and create so I forget my output from the past because I'm that's just the nature I think of an artist I don't just rest on my Laurel Canyons that's an LA joke if you don't uh anyway I don't rest on my laurels I now I, get it you now get it yeah I'm gonna use that in the future I didn't have that one before. I just made it up by the way because I'm an artist did you really you're creatrix Thank you. that was proof evidence so I'm curious that the 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 connection between yoga stretchy pants and crossfit weight like go sympathetic so there's there's this interesting bridge between the world where they can both learn from each other yes right so the crossfit people or like the weightlifting you mm -hmm. know people or strength run up the hill people. strength and conditioning people okay. that's a better <laughs> <word>. thank you <laughs> <laughs> they would make fun of the yoga stretch of pants and then the yoga stretch of pants are like those crossfit people those you know whatever but then there's like this really amazing middle ground that both can learn it's like parasympathetic sympathetic we need each other yeah i'm so much healthier since i committed to strength and conditioning right and I entice a lot of CrossFit and strength and conditioning coach type people or um, 
athletic trainers, coaches of professional teams to come into my world and bring them, I think, the, the best dog treat that the mind-body experience of yoga practices brings, which is a deep dive into the parasympathetics, a deep dive into the relaxation response, a deep dive into the possibilities of recovery, what that means to your athletic performance the next day. Uh, it's a you look so funny drinking out of the side of your mouth. We're I feel drinking like Popeye or something. Delicious. I don't think that's it, but for some reason that felt he had a bit of a. It feels it is like a cor- <laughs> corn cob reishi mug. Dare you of laugh at Kukicha me? Tea. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so corny. I, I'm gonna close my eyes. Go ahead, I'm have very, a sip I'm, of tea. I'm very, I'm very, no, I'm done tea now. Sip. I already did it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna sip out of my corner. You were right you now. were saying something. Now I'm lost. You have to you have to continue. Yeah, bridge building. <laughs> well, what are it's like? What are those bridges? I was so afraid of. Well, what's you know? Here's like a weird metaphor. Afraid of my power. When I started actually adding muscle mass to all of my hypermobile joint capsules that I had hoped hypermobilized. You know, I overstretched my own joint capsules. Nobody did that for me, except those few adjustments that I had in Ashtanga years ago when things popped and tore, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, if you don't know what Ashtanga is, those of you listening, there's a tradition in the yoga space of very intense hands-on manipulative, I don't mean manipulative in an evil way, but Orth, almost orthopedic repositioning of human bodies um, to get you, quote unquote, deeper into poses or to help you facilitate an action. And often those adjustments, mm, well, not often, but occasionally those adjustments can lead to injury. Mm. And I was definitely one of those people. But I was one of those people because I was I had so little tension at my end range because of overstretching for years and years and years. So when I started doing strength and conditioning work, and I dabbled on and off for a long time. I was a Jane Fonda meets Raquel Welsh kind of gal. Like I always loved like aerobics or whatever. But I way spent way more time in the yoga space. I mean, decades in meditation and in a trance. Not in cults, but when you look at it from the outside, some people would say, oh, Jill, you were in a cult. Um, so I have lots of lots to say say about that. Cults can serve you for a while sometimes. I think. Well, I didn't know my own power, so I right. was willing to be led by somebody else who yeah. seemed very powerful. Um, seemed like they had the right idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost track of my thoughts, but th- right. So that whole thing about you know your intrinsic power is it needs to be cultivated and you can cultivate it in the Eastern arts. You can cultivate it in the Western arts. You can cultivate it in so many different ways. But I had gone so deep into one direction in the stretch arts that it just left me falling to pieces. And so when I started doing strength and conditioning, um, I could feel a, a rebirth in my structure Mm. and talk about having a lot less popping and clicking and, you know, and frankly pain in my life that I was not even acknowledging. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a, I just recently learned a new term called self-efficacy theory, mm-hmm. which is essentially kind of like what you're saying, where it's where it's it's like um, the belief in who you are at the at the present moment, or like you know, just like the, the the mold that you come from. Sometimes it's hard for us to branch outside of that. So we'll you know if you are if you believe that you're a yoga stretchy person, or if you believe that you're a CrossFit person, or if you believe that you're a failure, or if you believe that you're a successful person, right. that kind of dictates the way that you the path that you take, you know, so if a person has limiting self-limiting beliefs right. systems, then even when they're set up for success, they'll figure out some way to self-sabotage to themselves. Self-sabotage. You know, and it's, it's that stretching of that mold that I find really fascinating. Right. Um, or, or finding tools that'll help you break out of it or, yeah. f- or surrounding yourself with people that keep you in check yeah. and provoke you. Or even witnessing the mold that you are. That's you know, limit, <laughs> if if there is if there is something that's limiting. Yeah, and the but the the mold is also a nutrient, isn't it? Huh. I mean, like mold, yeah, actual right. mold. Sure. So sure. if you can eat through that, mm. right? It's like deep. Eating through the eating through your amniotic sac. Yeah. And um, metamorphosizing. I just got some cheese at the farmer's market yesterday <laughs> that had a lot of mold on it. And I was really debating whether to eat the mold or not. And That's I ate some and I didn't eat some. So anyway, my mind is, I love biology. Yeah. I yeah. love, I almost was a microbiologist. So, nice. you know, mold. Yeah. But yeah, so that, so, so that, so that thing, that thing of, of like, you know, I find it interesting that if, as we push our physical boundaries, I think that starts to all of a sudden create some yeah. more self-confidence. You know, and all of a sudden this, this psychological component to ourselves starts kind of piggybacking onto this physical component. And we mm-hmm. think it's a separate issue, but each one feeds off of the other. Yes. You know? D- giving you dimension, like literally right. facets on the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because going, you know, you think about, huh. the, if you, I think if you overgeneralize about the yoga space, you think, oh, those people are very sensitive and they're very connected emotionally. But I've actually become more vivid and more truthful emotionally now that I've added the strength practice mm. to my life. It's brought a lot more clarity about certain things, about my past, about my trauma. It's given me more courage to speak about those things. Yeah. And that was a very surprising additive that I didn't expect. And I'm very grateful. But all other conditions in my life changed a lot, such as having kids, which has made me extremely transparent. <laughs> I'm a parent and I'm trans transy now. Mm. You can see through me yeah. in ways that you couldn't before because um, the, v- the uh, vulnerability of them has made me 10 times more vulnerable. Yeah. You've used a term uh, upon my stalking of you. I heard you mention something that <laughs> it's weird when I say <laughs> it like that. I really just listened to some podcasts, okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, you mentioned a term that I never heard before, which, which was um, something along the lines of, of, of like finding your naked structure. You know, and I, maybe it wasn't exactly like that. Maybe I'm, I'm, I know I'm misquoting 100%. But, but it's like... Your native physique. Maybe. Native no, physique? you said naked for sure. Naked. Yeah, yeah I attacked I, because I, I wrote it down my little note thing. Where's but your anyways, notes? Oh, it's on my cell phone. I'm sure I miswrote it too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, autocorrect. It probably was something else. But nonetheless, correct or incorrect, it's these, it's these uh, maybe compromised, you could call compensatory patterns that we hold on our body as we move through the world and we just don't realize it. You know, so a person that's been holding the briefcase in their hand their whole entire life or holding the weight, you know, dumbbell in their hand the whole entire life, that's just normal to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so to provide them the opportunity to drop the weight, all of a sudden there's this, oh, my God. You know, you can really change somebody. But it's, it's the identification of the fact that you're holding a weight. You know, is that something that I know that that's something that you've witnessed in your own self and you, I'm sure you witness with other people. 
is kind of starting that conversation with people. Is that like, are balls the best way to do it? <laughs> is do you know what I'm saying? Um, are balls the best way to do it? <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are a conversation starter mm -hmm. because it's a new stimulus, right? So I think any educator, coach, trainer, bring uh, attracts a student into their training space and um that's the laboratory so the laboratory the petri dish you know they walk in as a specimen or a specimen or a specimen and then you start provoking them so that they invoke their potential and i happen to come across you know using the role model balls within the context of my classes or my privates because I wasn't able to do body work on all the people that needed to have palpation, um, to bring to bring touch, uh, to bring body sense to those body parts, right? So the therapy balls became an extension of my hands. Mm -hmm. And you know, because you're a body worker, how effective it is to bring touch uh, to a body in the context of movement and daily life and helping them to their motor sensory map to just come online, yeah. right? So that embody map. So yeah, balls right now really are that thing that acts as a, like as a mirror ball, right? It becomes another way for, for that facility of self-touch and our branding is around self-care fitness to be, to be a touchstone for <laughs> for for that person's journey and for that person's awakening for healing whatever they're coming in for yeah. most people that come into my space into the studio that you and I are talking in uh have a lot of physical and emotional trauma and everything that they've done hasn't worked and I'm like you know I'm like the clinic mm -hmm. right and they've been to clinicians but something is not tying it all together and somehow the work I do is so cohesive it really brings in all those facets together for them. And it can be as simple as them, uh, for example, laying on the gorgeous ball on their abdomen or on their rib cage and um, bringing their breath sensitivity or becoming aware of their breath sensitivity. And it just changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the, uh, I think there's, with a lot of people, like the image that's popping up for me is kind of like, if you're looking through blurry glasses, you know, and you see someone, you'll see that person kind uh -huh. of, you'll see a few different images and it's all blurred together, you know, and there's this dissonance with the person. I think that we have that with our own body mapping and our own proprioception where it's like, right. I think my shoulder's here, but in fact it's here. And when you put my shoulder here, all of a sudden it feels like it's here. <laughs> then my head feels yeah. like it's over here. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I love that, that confusion. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's, and, that, and that's kind of what I was, what I was like untactfully getting at before is, is recognizing that there is a blur. How do mm -hmm. we start to create that conversation? Like, I know that you think you're on point here, <laughs> but it's a little blurry. <laughs> well, I, 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 um, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say that to somebody. I know no. you think you're right, yeah, no, but no. you're not. But it's how, do you, <laughs> it's how do we start to slowly elicit that? Well, uh, the first stage in any of our work is we work with something called a sankalpa, which is basically a, a mindset concept. So we, ask, we, we have our students go through a series of questions, and this happens in trainings. In a classroom, 
I'll simplify it and say, I embody my body. Mm. I invite you to embody your body. Mm. Repeat that to yourself. I embody my body. Or I'm a student of my body. Or I'm a student of my breath. So that you become an observer of your physiology and also you have you have an objective and subjective experience of it. So you're already you start to operate on multiple levels. And and I think this helps to put you in a compassionate evaluative state. So if you're in a judgy scrutinizing state, it gets really hard to integrate. And I really want to facilitate for my students uh, that you're you, you're an honorable host of your experience. So like this is really important. The groundwork of sustainable fitness is that you are respecting the process that you're engaging in. And I respect everybody that comes into my room. They're just, they're fascinating, mm-hmm. right? Just the biology, their history, their psychology, the way they're, you know, and the, that interplay. And then if they're educators, the challenges that they're facing in communication with their students or clients. So it's very much a, a holistic approach, but it first starts with, um, with, with you going first as, well, what is my relationship to myself here? Mm-hmm. So that's what comes first is this sankalp or this mindset. And then that sets the stage for them to be at play with themselves instead of being at war. <laughs> because when you start to confront these areas of blur and these areas of disconnect, um, often in yoga tenop, we call these bloody blind spots, you will often come across emotional landmines. And these emotional landmines can be uh, very unpleasant to experience and throw you way off course and then you, you, you'll spiral into this other thing. But if you keep coming back to that, that mindset or that sankalpa, that hostesship of the process, then you can parent yourself better through those moments and that's where the integration happens. Mm-hmm. And so that happens on a, on a one-on-one level in here and then it happens in, you know, in the groups. I just finished teaching my seven-day course in LA and, uh, you know, um, I don't, it sounds cliche, but everybody's crying. I'm crying too. It's so tumultuous in the most transformative way. Mm. Yeah, the, um, I've heard you mention a term svadaya. Mm, mm-hmm. Self-reading. And Self-study. Self-study. Yeah. Study. Yeah. Self-evaluation. Yeah. yeah. It's a Sanskrit word. It's it, Sanskrit. 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 Yeah, it's nice Texas. Say it. Texas. Say it. Yeah, exactly. Dallas. It's better that way. Um, and that's something that I think is quite relevant with this, these like blank spaces or shadow spaces that we have throughout our body, you know, the analogy that I use is you have blank pages, you mm-hmm. know, so the posterior side of your shoulder girdle, you just have a bunch of like blank pages blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's just no, you just haven't informed it. You know, so when you're, ha- when you're in that position, it feels dangerous, but it's just because we fear what we don't understand. Yeah. If you can add some really nicely articulated information back mm-hmm. there, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it starts to feel really, really nice. Yeah. You know, so it's that svadaya or that self-study mm-hmm. or self-learning or reading mm-hmm. or writing that I think starts... Or writing. Yeah, it starts, it starts really uh, empowering ourselves. Yeah, inscribing. It's like writing your story there because yeah. it's all empty. So, you know, writing your shoulder's story. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so is there places that you see people that are have a lot of blank pages flowing <laughs> in the wind? Shoulders are good. Yeah, that's, oh a, fair, that's a fair start. I mean, I've been <laughs> re-educating, but I feel like it's endless for me because that's the like the one muscle I tore was infraspinatus. Mm. And it just it's just dazzling. And then I, I had a severe injury, repetitive stress injury on my 
um, my Thenar or eminence. my first, not actually not the Thenar eminence, but the, the, oh shoot, which nerve, the, oh the nerve that feeds that area. Don't let uh, your first yoga, compartment. Yoga I, journal now. That's oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> come on. You, can you just rattle off all the hand <laughs> muscles for me or no, all the forearm muscles? It's, um, you know, it, my grip strength is my weakest link. And so I also have this cognitive, you know, blind spot. How many times have I memorized these muscles and how many times has my data bank, I, psh, I don't know. It's like somebody comes in and just takes that out of my brain hole. Yeah. It's really weird, but it's not because it's your story. Right. Uh, it's my story. Yeah. What was I saying? What's well, your question? Well, I don't even oh, know. Oh, are the, yeah, there's body parts. Definitely. There's, there's, I think there's body parts that have more proclivity for being dumb, blind, yeah. deaf, and dumb. Like my friend Katie Bowman, because I talk about blind spots, and she goes, nah, they're not blind. They're blind, deaf, and dumb spots. I'm like, ah, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, my passion for sure is the respiratory diaphragm. I just, I can never get, oh, I know, eye bugs. Yeah, I can never get enough learning or touching or deep experiencing of it and its interconnected things because that will basically will let you, it will lead you to the entire body mm. and it will lead you to your mind and it will lead you to your ability to state change like that. So I just always have deep questions for people's diaphragms. Mm. First thing. How do you ask it? How does one ask it? Well, I have very, very specific ways of cueing people through breathing practices. I mean, that's one of the gifts from the yoga space is the dissection of the of breathing strategies. Right. This is a very, very, and a lot of the Eastern arts have long histories of breathing strategy programming, for lack of a better word. And I was originally trained as a singer from cool. age six or seven. So I started learning, learning about the respiratory diaphragm when I was very, very young because of breath tra of vocal training. I feel really lucky to have learned breathing training. But I remember when I was first learning how weird it was and, you know, to bring consciousness to it yeah. in a way. So, th and the fact that my mother uh, is, and, you know, is asthmatic and was asthmatic my whole childhood, watching her grapple with that, and that two of my grandparents died or my two of my grandmothers both died from breathing related illnesses I think really drives it home for me on a biological level how important it is mm. so that's why I do that um, one of the easiest tools I use is the gorgeous ball right. so if I can cue somebody without a tool and I can to breathe it's sort of like that assessment moment and then you bring in this other thing and we have people blow up the gorgeous ball as well so I can watch their behavior when they express air. That's another tell. Every moment I'm observing my students, you know, how they behave as it relates to the breath. There's not a single thing I don't see when they walk into the room. Right. Um, and, and then we just go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I've made a ton of media about it. My next book is on it. And um, it's... All I think about <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I'm like re <laughs> relearning breathing, and I'm realizing that I, I breathe pretty bad, <laughs> you know, like compared to what my, my potential. You think? Yeah. Well, you should come to the sure. Breath and Bliss Immersion in two weeks. Okay, I'm there. I'd love to. Where is it at? Is it, is it? Studio City. Ah, I'm renting a space. I'm so excited I can walk oh. to wow. teach. Sweet. Yeah. 
if you're inviting me, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely. Or is there like space? I'm coming. Let's talk offline. We'll talk absolutely. offline. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to yep. come check it out. Um, unless I'm in Austin, Texas, which I might. I be think you are. You know why? Because yeah. I talked to some of those guys, and they were like, Texas. "Yes, it's it's during Paleo FX weekend." Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yeah. that's okay. But so, but yeah. So upon doing that. You know, I think most people probably just assume they breathe well because I've been breathing for 37 years. You know, like mm-hmm. I've sorted, I've sorted this out. You know, but if you get into the dynamics of it, you know, mm-hmm. there's like a lot that I'm learning about myself that I'm, I'm a lot more vertical with my breath, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm like a lot more clavicular and kind of up here. You know, and the main density of your of your lungs are down. Mm-hmm. down low and you have the diaphragm attaching that and it's like you know a lot of people end up being having stuck stale air in this the, the supra whatever you call it part yes. of the, the top of the lungs the cupula that one mm-hmm. right <laughs> you know and so and so i'm learning recently that like oh man i'm like actually way more screwed than i thought i was <laughs> You know, not screwed. I think but like you're in pretty good. You're, you're doing pretty up. good, Aaron. Well, it's always yeah. a relative thing. It's always right. like you know, you're comparing to yourself, right? You know, but you're comparing to your own potential. You're like, I'm so good with like crawling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, totally. But uh, after I was an amphibian, I became a mammal. Yeah. And when I became a mammal, my lungs did other things. Exactly. I need to repurpose my diaphragm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, is there anything? Is there anything that you can? Um, like tips people could be thinking about right now as they're listening, if they're like driving in a car, for example? Um, well, I think, okay, so what you just said is really interesting to me because I think we're pro- we probably think of, when we think of breathing, um, we're either thinking, well, I'm laying down or I'm, you know, I'm sitting upright, I'm meditating, right? Sure. But let's, let's just, let's move our lung tissue in a different plane altogether. Lay on your side and put something underneath your ribs. Can I do it? So I, you absolutely can do it. I'm yeah. looking for an Talk inflated gorgeous ball. Can you I might, use a side of a yoga? Or um, a, of a, of you a know block? what? You can use a rolled up yoga mat. Okay. I like it. that because it has some give to it. This is a nice thick yoga. Yeah, it's a manduka. Tell, tell you what. Manduka, rep, I love rep, you. Rep, Thank you, represent. people. Yeah. Yes, they're, so I love the, their products. So and let yourself lay completely on your side. I don't know if you can with your head your headset on. But what you want to... Yeah, this is probably too high for... Oh, I, I raised it up intentionally. Yes, I know. But you know what, Aaron? Less is a lot more yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. And then let your head rest on your bicep or another on the yoga block, mm. which would be more comfortable than compressing your shoulder. Mm. And then bring your top hand. So he's laying on his right side and the yoga mat is supporting the underside of his right ribs and then your left hand you want to actually over compress and try to squish the hemispheres of your ribs together and use the mat and your hand to just get feedback about that lateral expansion and exercise the costal vertebral joints Mm. in this way so you're making the costal vertebral vertebral joints do push-ups basically yeah and uh, this is thoracic breathing, but this is thoracic breathing not because you're stressed out. This is thoracic breathing to train the intercostals and the levator costarum to uh, assist the diaphragm in thoracic expression, mm. right? So something this simple. What I like about the Cordis ball really is because it's an inflated ball, um, it gives you a lot of consistent resistance as you breathe in and out, yeah. and it's constantly giving you um, a little bit of distortion, and then you do the other side, and then you would do 
uh, what we call the diaphragm vacuum also within that. So the diaphragm vacuum is where you go into a complete um, and total exhalation. You have a little bit of lung volume mm -hmm. left. And then at the end of exhalation, you activate the external in intercostals and the right. diaphragm will stretch to its rib insertions. Yeah. And so you can do that there. And so this would be a really great way for you or anybody to develop um, just a different palpatory experience, sensational experience about the circumferential expansion of the ribs. I have the smallest rib cage of anybody I know. Like I'm, I don't want to tell you my bra size, but <laughs> it starts with 30. <laughs> it's very small. I mean, I have, I'm breastfeeding right now, so it's tremendous. But I, you know, I'm also Polish, so I've got a, the hourglass and whatnot. But I have very tiny <laughs> ribs. But and you know, and my lung capacity isn't dolphin-like. It's it's good. It's okay, yeah, but I'm not going to get bigger lungs <laughs> in my lifetime, but um, they're, they're super healthy, and I can hold my breath for long periods of time at either end of the, of the spectrum, and I can always improve that with more sleep and all that stuff. But so anyway, I hope that's that helpful. Was, that it's was simple. super, super helpful, actually. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, so all I, all I was doing is just laying on my side with a yoga mat on the, s the right side of my rib cage, stacking myself up nice and upright, feeling, have my right left hand on the other side and, and feeling that, feeling the circumference, mm -hmm. feeling that the dimension of my rib cage. And that's another thing. And speaking of like feeling that we have this, again, this blank space. A lot of us don't have any idea how wide or narrow rib cage is. <laughs> you know, so Go to a very good salesperson at Saks Fifth Avenue, and they'll measure you, ladies yeah, right, and right. gentlemen. Do you want to, you know, get fitted for a foundation? I'm down. Foundational you know, garment. You know, but so then the, the next thing that I find <laughs> really what I find really interesting is the organization around the rest of the body, and how if we just become breath centric, you know, or diaphragm centric, will that spill into our feet? Or do we need to find organization around our feet and a foundation in relation to our knees it's and our pelvis? It's all related. Yeah. It's never one thing. But the one thing is a micro of the macro. So, yes, you need to work on your feet. When I w you were here last time, you did some, like, unbelievable body work mm. on me. Like, unbelievable. Oh, good. You went into my scalenes. Oh, God, it was so good. Wow. This nursing mother, so grateful. Oh, it was so good, Aaron. <laughs> we can do um, it again. What's that? We can do it again. I I am endorsing Aaron a hundred bazillion oh, wow. times. Whoopsie, I just oh, spilled my tea. I'm like, giddy. She's it was flustered. so good. She's I'm flustered. flustered. By the work. And I've, now I've lost track of what I was talking about. <laughs> what was I talking about? So the organization between so that's oh, that's something that yeah. I see a lot. So yes, the, the, the three ankle sprains you had on your right ankle mm -hmm. from playing soccer, that's going to have an upstream effect. Most definitely, because everything is interconnected. You are a rhythmical thing. Mm. And, you know, a little bit of syncopation or off rhythmic movement from one area is going to ricochet um, its own, its own uh, tympanic, systemic confusion to other areas. I'm, you guys hear me? I'm... Friend, I'm going to use the tissues that we Jesus. sacrificed we earlier. Just, I know. <laughs> we <laughs> just talked about this, Jill. Overusing paper goods. for, <laughs> But this is a manduka mat, and I don't want it to stain. Yeah. It was a lot of tea. Jill compared me to like a Omega Omega Institute person, which apparently is, oh, yeah. I don't know what she meant High by compliment. that exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but so, yeah, so that, so I think that that's kind of an interesting thing of like, it's just... It's understanding like what is right 
you know, I guess that's the thing is it, uh, people, it's like, okay, great. So I'm working, I'm, I'm working really hard doing all the things like, am I, am, am I doing it right? You know? And so finding, is there any kind of anything that's explicable around like, how do we start thinking about this organization from our feet up to our diaphragm? Uh, somebody was talking, I was talking to one of my teachers this morning and she works with professional athletes, like top, top, mm. like we're talking, I can't name them, but let's talk about the NBA right now. It's mm. kicking But I got to work with the Washington Wizards right. a few months ago. They're doing great, but it's another team that is top, top, top team. And she was saying their, their stuff, they spend so much time with foot and ankle. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I was working with one of their coaches, I don't know, maybe about a year and change ago. He did a private with me, took off his shoes, and I was horrified. You have the feet of a, of a prima ballerina. Hmm. This guy's toes were just a collision course of calcification, pre-arthritic, un, unmoving, little toe stones. And I showed him how to manually work each joint of each one of his toes. This is without the balls. And then we ended up using the yoga tuna balls too. But talk about starting from the, you know, the longest motor chain you have is going to those toes. And if, if they're completely congested and if you're not having a good nutrient relationship non-perfused tootsies how can you expect everything above it to be harmonious yeah so it's just that it's that premise but there's also an there's also an you know an inside out thing too the beautiful thing about talking to your respiratory muscles is that you can instantly have a state change so i can instantly change my sympathetic parasympathetic relationship by just changing the way I breathe. Also, I can just change it by positioning myself. So from sitting upright to laying down, I'm also going to have a a state change like that. And I really love putting people into positions where you can dominate on the parasympathetic side of things because that's where your rest, digest, repair happens. Mm. Um, So I think it's it's a concurrent thing. What I like to do is set people up for success. And so we work on those breathing muscles. Then they're in a parasympathetic milieu and then we'll go down and work on the feet. And then we'll work on the shoulder or the hand or the, the shoulder, what I already said, shoulder, the hip or the knee or whatever other thing it is. So um, you want to put them into that deep awake sleep, yeah. into that trance almost, and then work on the other tissues. Yeah. Yeah, Does so that makes sense. That makes heaps of sense. Yeah, um, this is this needs to be fact checked. But have you ever heard the? Uh, there's like some studies or some statistics around two things that I find interesting. Both of which just need to we need to Google search afterwards. Okay, we're gonna Google. Yeah, we gotta Google it. But I I believe there has been connections made around women uh, wearing high heels and having I think it was we'll just say some kind of psychiatric like mental. I don't know. Or another. And then the other I the other the, uh, the other one is um, so fact checked it. I'm not saying this That's is right. That's just too many of us. Yeah. Well. That's, okay. Come on, Aaron. But then, but then the other. What one, about all the men wearing cowboy boots? I think it's I the mean, same thing. I mean, men. I, come on, this is like that's so prejudicial because I, there's. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I'm not saying it's a fact. By that bias. I'm not saying it's a fact. Women I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I I saw something where there were some connections made. The other one is uh, child, child, on one. children born in uh, wintry climates and for being forced to not be able to make uh, barefoot contact with the ground and be able to rock and have the contours mm. and the adaptability and climbing on rocks and all the things that you would do in the wild in general. You know, so if you're born in that time frame during those really important developmental stages, apparently there's some other correla- correlates in relation to like... I don't even know. I don't remember exactly what it was. This is like this is just coming to my eyes. You're saying this. I don't know. But there's like the just one. Just look it up. I, Google so the searches, one, the one thing I know about kids born in like winter versus summer. I know this one. So kids born in winter are better sleepers, mm. and kids born in um, spring and summer months are worse sleepers, because the kids born in the winter can you know they're in more dark yeah. for more hours of the day. They learn to so sleep. they learn about right sleep better than kids born with bright sunny sunshine lights and yeah. this has been true of my children i'll right. tell you right now yeah yeah well here it wouldn't relate so much That's the, but this has nothing to do with but for footwear. the for the adaptability <laughs> thing yeah yes. here wouldn't relate so much in southern california but if you're in a place where all you have is booties you know when you look at booty it's it's kind of like you mentioned katie bowman she you know calls things casts yes. right you know so it's it's kind of like you're just wearing this foot cast all yes. the time and we because culturally you know we're, we're kind of bred to be like that's just what if you're barefoot it means you probably went to the omega institute or whatever you know it's right. like you have one <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's it's kind of like this this like this this like stigma around it right you know but it, i think that there's a lot but of even the american academy of pediatrics say that kids should not be wearing shoes for the first two years so mm. there's there's yeah. lots of progress yeah 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 and, and now i think these conversations are becoming normalized yeah. you know whereas a lot of really smart people are like no actually yeah, yeah like you should get sun you know maybe don't yeah. be so concerned about it. or maybe like take your shoes off and spend some time walking outside you don't have to worry about, about glass yeah <laughs> you know like it's actually more important that you get your shoes off except at this one park in silver lake where we go to on the weekends right. and we started running a right. hill and there was a lot of broken glass so please watch out for the broken glass thank you or apparently your backyard with the last time i Poo-poo rolled my pee-pee. i rolled my face around that's true Jill's. around my pit bulls <laughs> <laughs> you never that know what a pit bulls very feces is gonna yeah, come in your real face. Issue. What about the Vegas? Yes. Yeah. What about her? Him? It? it. That huge? The one? The one? The wandering? The multi? The, the, the multi? The poly Vegas? Mm. What about Por- it? Porges, Mr. Porges. Oh, Sexy man, that guy. Oh my God, I can't get enough. <laughs> I don't know. I when I, I it's I just don't understand why there aren't five million views on his YouTube videos. Do you know how to contact him? I've tried to Just contact him. I don't I don't know where his email is. It's on his website. I'll try to I'll look harder, I guess. You know, but so the Vegas, that's another conversation mm-hmm. I think is interesting. I was reading um, about oh studies around innervation of the vagal of the 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 efferent vagal whatever the, mm-hmm. the vagus going towards the organs um, ends up causing the essentially like such a silly word, but like hacks the inflammatory response, mm-hmm. right? So we can get this this peripheral stimulation of the vagus term from what we could be doing from singing and dancing and running and moving and being out in the sun and such, you know, but if you can just hook yourself up and, and start to electrify that and start to engage it, all yes. of a sudden it starts doing things like reducing inflammation in the body and doing things right. like potentially uh, reducing, you know, your body's ac- accumulation of fat, you know, so there've been like correlations between obesity and low vagal tone. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that those 
people that had been in the testing with those have been in such chronic conditions they can't do the things that you mentioned you right. know in like you know especially the rheumatoid arthritis studies and the epilepsy studies mm. so these are um some very chronically damaged uh, or also some ptsd people as mm. well i believe mm. uh have such damage to their um psyche or to their systems that they can't do those things that would upregulate the vagus nerve naturally or organically um i mean i don't want to have an implant in my <laughs> neck either. But uh, I spend a lot of time stimulating my vagus in these other ways to help bring me back to a resilient state. What, is, what does that look like or mean? Um, okay, what does that mean? One, uh, so that these would all be, gosh, so a ver variety of different things that we actually, I spend three days on in the Breath and Bliss Immersion and the, literally the content of my new book is all on this. Uh, all on these ways of upregulating your resilience through different modes of manual or self-stimulation of, of vagal pathways or vagal doorways. Um, some of the simplest ways to do it are to do abdominal breathing on the gorgeous ball and thoracic breathing on the gorgeous ball. Mm. You just did a version of it laterally, but you can, you know, anteriorly is probably one of the most direct hits. I just put up a video today or this uh, last week from a series for 24-Hour uh, Fitness for their magazine, 2-4 Life. And I did two different videos for them. I mean, I just reviewed them on uh, different ways of stimulating the vagus. One is putting the gorgeous ball or, or even your hand or some other soft implement on your anterior neck and doing a, a specific way of stroking. Uh, there's also vocalizations that you can do. I mean, the simplest one is just humming. Everybody hums. Hmm. You don't have to ohm to get it. You can, you could ohm if you're a yogi. Uh, it doesn't make you holier if you ohm. Uh, although diff hitting different resonance pockets within your face. Mm. And this I know from vocal training. And then, you know, then you like look through the Kundalini literature. This is a, a form, a format uh, in the, from the yoga space. And they've really analyzed all these different vibratory resonators of the the skull and it's concurrent or it 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 is it matches up with a lot of Porges's theories of where these nerves terminate in the face and how they have a feedback loop to the vagus so different ways of vocalizing um help with that hmm. extending your exhalations period so singing helps to upregulate the vagus mm, and then different positions help help with that as well going upside down but upside down in a way that's not stressful yeah so those are those are you know reclining right. helpful yeah we were talking earlier uh, it's interesting how we, we kind of like isolate these individual components of being like this is ends up being the hack for the vagus term or this is the you know it's like Things, really simple things, like taking your shoes off and walking outside. Simple things like singing. Simple things like humming. <laughs> you know, the things that you might do if you're, like, a happy person. You know, if you have yeah, community interesting, and right, relationships. Right, right, right. Oh, the, yeah, the other thing. <laughs> community, right? That's really, that's a good one. Right. Is, uh, oh, yeah, relating and gazing. And I think I, did I see some, where did I see this? No, maybe it was somebody else. And working on positive affect. So, Working, working through relating in positive ways with yeah. other people, right? Which is like, oh my gosh, it seems so simple. I'm a mother of two small children, so I read my children lots of books, 
and reading in a sing-song type of voice and talking to your children, not in a sing-song type of voice, but using what Porges calls prosody, which is vocal features of how you would try to communicate lovingly to a child or to a dog. Those are other ways of upregulating your vagus nerve. And so I get to practice. I mean, I have vagal regulators. It's called my two children. So I tell everybody like, you know, you want to learn how to regulate your vagus nerve, like get a baby next to you. And if you're dysregulated, the baby will show it. Mm. And if you're regulated, the baby will show it. So that for me has been the greatest, you know, external regulator and, and why so much of my life has been uh, more vulnerable and transparent than ever now that I'm a parent. Yeah. Yeah, it calls it prosodic intonation. And then I looked up prosody or Mm -hmm. prosodic, and I couldn't really get a definition for it that meant what I was hoping it was going to mean. Did you You, really? You actually have a very prosodic voice. Oh, I think you You do. I've (laughs) talked with many podcasters, and you really, you really work um, the scales. But there's always more to be learned from vocal, like what you can do with your voice. Hmm. But it's it's interesting. You do have a very prosodic voice. Why? Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's purely by accident. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably purely by practice. Like you figured out. How to um, uh, how to well how to interact yeah with the people that you're trying to interact with body work's a big one ah right because it's so intimate so intimate mm-hmm. you know and especially me being like a big 220 pound six five like oddity oddity yeah, yeah. you know so, <laughs> so you use your voice to charm them <laughs> I don't they're know they're freaked out by your size you, you <laughs> use whatever you got yeah. You know, and so it's, it's, that's the thing. It's like working with somebody, you know, like a small yogi woman or whatever right. it is, or maybe like a woman that's a part of some type of domestic violence thing. And right. she's like really shaken up. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm this big, huge, you right. know, like if I come in like that, that's big like a really grand. bad decision. Yeah. You know, so it, by kind of, I think just being forced into those really tight quarter intimate situations right. with a lot of people repeatedly, eventually, hopefully something comes out of it. Yeah. You know, is that something that you, th- so you you actively think about that with your children. Is that something that you're conscious of with other situations? Yeah, I think, I think I've always been aware of the power of the voice because of my vocal training from performance and theatrics and, and singing. Right. So you're always aware what impact your voice has on other people. And, you know, I mean, I did vocal training, which means I, I know exercises for, the voice, <laughs> like, I mean, sounds, but there's tons of exercises right. for, for your voice and for helping the longevity of your vocal folds. And uh, I don't always use perfect voice. I mean, my voice gets very tired when I teach and mm. that's, I'm so fatigued. You know, it's like one of the first things that goes. You can't hide it. Mm-hmm. Not you, but like a person. Like those are the indications. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Structure yeah. and and then there's people like Tony Robbins. They're like change your state. Well, and there's actually there's something to that as well. Interesting. If you listen to if if you really listen closely to Tony's um, voice, I hear glottal some glottal issues oh, yeah. in there. But it's it's from the, that pushing, right? But there's probably other stuff. I by the way, Tony Robbins, a huge like I, ad- I admire what he's built and um, I know he's impacted people very positively and very negatively, but uh, I waited on him many, many years ago. (laughs) Oh yeah. I have a Tony (laughs) Robbins story, which I'm sure I could tell someday, (laughs) but um, he was super nice to me. So I have, 
I have nice things to say about well, him. Well, he'd be the first to, to, to say, I think, that he comes from a place of pain, you know, and mm, there's like mm-hmm. a lot, and then that's, it's like the, the wounded warrior is like an Alex Gray painting, I think is right. what he called it, you know, where it's like, it's from those wounds that you're able to actually provide value for the world. Right. You know, you're able to dig in because you had to. You right. wouldn't just volunteer to go into the, like, these deep, deep to shadowy walk areas. fire every other weekend. Unless, <laughs> yeah, unless you absolutely needed to do it. Yeah. You know? Is that um, with yourself? Is that you, you? Last time we're getting we're getting close on close on time. Yep. So maybe not not great to go into too much of a can of worms. But you mentioned um, your history with like bulimia, sure. and anorexia, and all that stuff. Yeah. Is that something that's spilled into your work with with uh, people today? Oh gosh, yeah. I think my history of addiction and body dysmorphia is my billboard. And those are the, a lot of those people, I attract them. And I was really shocked in my, I guess in the last seven years, the number of men who came into my sphere that had body dysmorphia or eating disorders. I mean, I always knew that men were afflicted as well as women. The numbers for women are just insane. You know, it's the leading cause of death for teenage girls is anorexia. Uh, it's pretty terrifying. It's the, uh, of all mental illnesses, it's the most deadly. So I have a, a strong place in my heart to, um, I've overcome those diseases, but addiction is something that's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have ways of, I think, supporting the process and why people come to, m- especially my gut, my gut courses, core immersion, breath and bliss immersion, because I deal directly with that area. It's not you're not like avoiding your bo- your belly fat anymore and you're not trying to shame it or blame it or singe it or torch it or uh, c- what's it called? Torture it. Mm. Torch it or torture it, but to make friends, make peace. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I love talking about that and I get emails easily once a week from people coming to terms with or recognizing their food addiction or their body dysmorphia and just, you know, saying, hey, Jill, thanks for helping me see this. And it's an intense process. This is, there's a lot of work ahead yeah. once you decide that you're ready to, to, make, uh, to make peace. Yeah. What presently keeps you grounded? Yeah, because you've you've mentioned that you just have you have like a lot of a lot of balls in the air. Is there like is there like, is there like <laughs> see that many many <laughs> balls? Oh, our door is about to shut. God yeah, loved that joke. Up. Yeah, exactly. Do Close <laughs> the door. That's a mic drop <laughs> moment. What but um, yeah, is there anything? Because that's 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 one of the things. Like my my life is like not that stressful. As <laughs> <laughs> I like, hate you. It's not that bad. <laughs> like I surf a lot. Shut I like up. it's no. I, 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 I live mean, on the west side. Yeah. yeah. No, it's and um, it's not because I'm doing anything overly right or anything. It's just I'm not <laughs> overly right. Yeah. You know. But but like the the times that I have been really stressed, I've learned a lot about myself. And all of a sudden, the, like the eighty twenty rules come out, and the, the, you know, that's just like what's most valuable because I only have time for this. Mm-hmm. You know, is there something for you that's kind of popped up, like these core tenets to keep myself grounded here, you know, not like over flooded? My family and the desire to build more love in my life 
is what keeps me grounded and what keeps me, I guess, just aspiring in spite of the stress. My husband, my two children. And then after that is my love of my calling. I'm going to have a calling. Mm -hmm. I don't just have a business. I don't just teach. I have a calling. Mm -hmm. And that brings me so much joy and gratification and a ton of stress, <laughs> a ton of stress. Um, but I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get to have, I wouldn't get to help people or myself overcome all of these hurdles if there weren't those obstacles to yeah. overcome. So it's learning to, gosh, that sounds, uh, but to make peace with those obstacles constantly. Mm. Um, but it's stressful. That's why I've dug so deeply into the parasympathetics and to these explorations of the vagus because I've needed to find a remedy, you know, a self-induced medicine to help me cope with, you know, I'm Asher, my son is eight months now. He hasn't slept through the night in eight months. So I'm literally in a, what would be called a chronic insomnia state. Mm. But as soon as I start to apply those some of the things that we were talking about in terms of the how do you upregulate, upregulate your vagus nerve. My cognitive function returns. I'm able to make sane decisions and actually have amazing thoughts and ideas and creativity. And so that's how I've been able to be productive in all of these months following his birth. You know, I'm moved by what I do and I'm moved by my the love of my family and my desire to just learn, continue to learn more about that love. You know, mm. it's very different than the family I was born into. And I want to make sure that I have, <sighs> that I have um, as much of me here to be with them, to do that thing, to family up, tune up fam family up. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. What's uh, door slam now? Interesting. How do people find you and learn more about all the things and all that stuff? All the things. I love that phrase. I use it way too much. You I do, but I, I love it so I realize, much. I realize it's, it's an all-encompassing phrase. I heard myself say it, I think, three times since we last met. And I was like, oh, oh, that's an Aaron thing. Oh, it's an Aaronism. All the things. I am found at, actually, we just relaunched our website, tuneupfitness.com. It's really cool because there's now two different sort of pathways within it. You can either go into the yoga tune-up side or the role model side. Mm. I have a new product coming out called Role Model Mama, which is a prenatal self-care program that uh, I, we shot two weeks before I had my son. So it's like, it's legit. I am totally, in fact, the last day of production where I was recording a voiceover my water broke during recording. Sweet. So it's very visceral. <laughs> it's very fertile. So <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, get a hold of that. I don't know when we're releasing it, but soon, sometime this summer. Yeah. And so you can find me on Instagram. I love Instagram the most, uh, at Yoga Tune Up on Instagram and everywhere else on Facebook and Twitter at Tune Up Fitness. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. If you're close to water breaking territory, I think you're not supposed to hold whatever this point's called between the toes. Um, 
Do you know what that? Do you know anything? It about looks that? like kidney point. Thing? Yeah, kidney point. Yeah, kidney maybe. one. Yeah, I remember. I don't. This could be BS too. This could be like mm-hmm. the like the high heel study thing that I'm not sure about. Yeah. Well, you're on kidney one. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my I, first form of body work, by the way. She ought to. Okay. Good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So have you heard anything like that? I promise we'll 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 stop. I don't you. know enough about. I know that if you're in labor, that massaging uh, points around the ankle will help to speed and expedite labor yeah, or a right. bowel movement, depending on what you're in the need for. Yeah, yeah. They very, they very like kind of like fluffily described it as it, it, it pulls your energy down. And if you, you for sure, yeah, totally. And so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't need that. I, this, he was such a fast, he came like a rocket ship. <laughs> right. It was like, and right. there he was very, very quickly. Cool. Also, by the way, we have about 500 yoga tune up teachers worldwide. And so you can find them on our website, type in your zip code and you will find hopefully a teacher in your area to guide you through some of these self-care fitness practices. Cool. Sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Over and out. Pressing D record. Is it D record? Is that the technical term? Stop. Oh, that's what they call it. Align podcast. And anybody leaving reviews on iTunes, um, if we read your review from uh, from the iTunes iTunes guy, um, we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. So what the heck are Four Sigmatic Mushrooms? Um, they are a really, really rad, innovative company where they integrate blends of various different medicinal mushrooms from cordyceps to maitake to lion's mane to reishi to all the all the good ones into tea and coffee blends they also sell them um, by themselves as well so really excellent product see tim ferris sean stevenson all sorts of great people are getting down on that stuff and you get yourself 10 percent off at foursigmatic.com slash align f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c.com slash align a-l-i-g-n thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast if you guys want to show some support show some love for what we're doing here um, you can jump on the website aligntherapy.com a-l-i-g-n therapy.com and then from there a couple things you can do one of which you could actually donate through patreon there's a link on the right hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page Uh, you can utilize the amazon affiliate link Uh, anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on amazon please and thank you bookmark that link every time you do it we get something like seven percent of your purchase and it helps support this show it is awesome so great as well something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you knows um, has ears and likes books uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align that's a-u-d-i-b-l-e trial.com slash align and then from there that is uh, you get a free audio book from audible they have something like i don't know a bajillion different titles to choose from uh, one that i would recommend that i got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again all free no matter what size the book you get and that got me through I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really really amazing website uh, amazing service couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show boom um, 
Thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's greatly appreciated. And thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for, for spreading the word. All right. I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at aligntherapy.com. And I would love to talk. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.